Hi, I am Sheena, the founder of Citizen Femme. We are all about luxury travel for women. It is run by and written by women from all around the world. So in our series of podcasts, we are going to be talking about well-being, inspirational travel. We're going behind the scenes. We're talking to inspiring women. We're giving you travel trends and tips and so much more. This week, we are talking to Nicola Elliott, the founder of Neom Organics, which a brand that I absolutely adore. Luxurious, indulgent bath body range. Is that right? Very much a well-being brand is kind of how we see ourselves. And Amy Hopkinson, the digital editor of Women's Health Online. It's your go-to for health, wellness, tips, tricks, travel. Anything else, Amy? We wrap it up as everything that you need to feel good about yourself. So exactly like you've said, from the food to the nutrition to the travel destinations, it's your go-to resource for health and wellness. Brilliant. So well-being is a part of both of your lives, from what you write about to maybe how you practice. What does it mean to you? It's a big question. What's quite nice is if you can define it personally, what's right for you. I think there's no cookie-cutter approach to it. I think that's kind of the first part for me, is to say, actually, what is well-being to you? Because it's different to different people. You know, you may like an awful lot more exercise or, you know, running every day. And um, and I may like, you know, just strolling with the kids in the park. And I think that's the first thing about well-being, is saying, create your own toolkit it's basically got to comprise of putting the right things into your body and mm. taking time outside and nurturing yourself and in a way that you enjoy it. But it's as fluid as that and it's up to kind of what suits your lifestyle. So mm. I'm sorry that's not a really prescriptive answer um, because I know everyone wants that. Everyone wants to look, what's the three things that I should do? And, um, and I obviously have mine and I'm sure you have yours. But I think it's a really important message to get across that well-being should be a toolkit of things that make you feel your best fitting into your world in a very real way. So it's manageable, especially on a long term, something that's just not you dip in and out. Amy, you'd be better equipped to answer this than me. You know, exercise, the best form of exercise is the one that you enjoy and you're going to stick to. And I think, you know, well-being is absolutely about that because if you're not going to enjoy it and ultimately if it's not going to make you feel your best then you're not going to do it. Like we, No one needs another thing on the to-do list, <laughs> do they? Not me. I really agree with that. So for me, it's feeling good in your own skin, but it's also being okay with not being okay all the time. There's this pressure at the moment that we have to be 100% happy or define ourselves as happy, healthy. And actually, some days are a bit meh. And it's like, it's okay to wake up on those days and not be a complete happy person as long as you are feeling okay in yourself. I very much used to be the person who felt that well-being was what I was eating, what I was saying and what I was doing. And actually it's not. It goes back to that feeling. Um, And so, yeah, my well-being, I would say, changes all the time or what I define as well-being. But it always comes back to feeling good in my own skin. Great. So... What would be an average day? (laughs) Is that a fair question? And how would you actually then bring that well-being into your daily life from running an online magazine, which is daily changing to running a business staff? You know, there's so much to do on a daily basis. What is an average day for you and how do you bring well-being into that? Well, I'd like to change the question. All right. I'd like to change the question to what will be an average week. Okay. Because (laughs) I think, to be fair, and everyone's got different jobs and and, and some people's jobs are probably a a, a bit more regimented than than certainly mine is, which is just there is no average day. But I think where your well-being is concerned, 
it, it, it's more helpful to look over the course of the week because inevitably you will have a day where you just don't have time to exercise and you know you're in the office for far longer than you want to or you have a night where you drink a bit more than you wanted to or, or whatever um, and, and I think again that's okay I think it's about saying look during the week have you um, have you ate well have you you know done you know your sort of few hours of exercise that you need to do have you got outside a few times have you seen your friends have you connected with people etc etc um, and, and I think for me I always try and I try and do um, you know 10 minute meditation every day when I look back through the app, you know, have I done it every day? No, I'm probably averaging four days of a week, but that's sort of, you know, okay, that's better than nothing. And and so, you know, with eating, I'll try and eat as best as I can, but actually there'll be the day where you have the fish and chips or whatever else. So I think it's about, for me, looking at that week and making sure that I've moved enough, I've mm. ate well enough, I've spent some own some time reflecting, contemplating, feeling grateful. Is that writing in a diary? Is that meditating? Whatever. Spent enough time connecting. For me, that's something that I mm. I personally really need. I get really down if I've not seen enough of my you know really good friends. Um, been with the children, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So sorry, long answer to a question that I changed in the first place. But. <laughs> no, it's, it's, a, it's a great answer. It's hard, it's hard. It's hard to know when to stop and start. It's such yeah, a big yeah. question, isn't it? Sorry. So my average day, okay, my day kind of starts at around five to six. I've got a Lumi alarm clock, which wakes me up with light. That was a life-changing present. That's um, great. Yeah, came into my life about four years ago. Tell us about the Lumi alarm clock. So <laughs> I'm intrigued. So this is a really bold statement, but I haven't snoozed since. Or maybe like three times when I've been hungover. But it starts gradually about 20 minutes before you need to wake up and it just fills the uh, the room with light and so you naturally come out of your sleep. I used to be the person which had their iPhone on the loudest setting like that and I would snooze it all the time. Anyway, so the, the alarm clock goes off. I go downstairs. Me and my boyfriend have a couple of kind of rules in the house. I make the hot drinks. He does my washing. So... I think you got off that. I've maybe done, I've done really well there. there. Um, <laughs> it works. It's a partnership. Um, and so I go downstairs and I make a cup of hot water and lemon. And then I sit and do a couple of minutes of breathing. People say to me, is that meditation? I suppose you could class it as meditation. But I found that before when I was trying to meditate, it was really stressing me out. And so actually now I just sit there on a yoga mat. And it's not that kind of idyllic thing you see on Instagram. It's not like in a beautiful room or whatever. It's normally in my dining room. There's normally washing around. But I roll out a yoga mat, I sit there, and I do a couple of minutes of breathing. And then I take our hot water and lemon back upstairs. And I start getting ready for my day. So I these days, I start in the office at 8.30am. And I try to walk to the office as much as possible. So whether that's getting a bus and then walking for 30 minutes or walking the full 90, depends how much time I I've got. So what time do you um, get up? So I get up at five to six, which people laugh at because I don't have any children yeah. or anything. So they're yeah. like, why? But it's because years ago I was always in a rush and realised that being in a rush was stressing me out. And when I was stressed, I was trying to exercise off my stress. So I was constantly like in this highly strung state or I was stress eating and I would just try to kind of like dial everything down. Yeah. And so for me... I might do a couple of emails before leaving the house, but if I walk a certain amount of the way to work, I've got this kind of section in my day which isn't on technology. 
and that's really important in the role that I do. And then I get into the office and we have a bit of a catch up and it's around lunchtime I normally break and go and do some kind of form of exercise if I'm going to go to the gym. Again, to get away from my screen because I didn't used to do that and that was awful. And then I will go back in the afternoon and that's when I generally have meetings with um, our commercial team or other areas of the business. So at the moment we're planning planning a big body positivity campaign for June called In Shape My Shape. And so I'll meet with people to talk about who we've got involved and where we're going to put it. And then I finish at around 4.30 and if I haven't gone to the gym on lunch because I maybe had a meeting that day, I'll go to the gym then and then I'll go home. And then it kind of gets into the normal evening. I used to be terrible at working in the evenings and then I kind of had this like life realization was that whilst I love what I do I didn't want it to define my life yeah and so I very much get home and if I am working on anything with somebody in another time zone I'll check in and I will always have my phone on WhatsApp but otherwise I am off Outlook until the next morning and that's kind of like when I sit and binge watch Netflix. <laughs> I think um, she's got it she's got it more but, sorted than me. No. I think you've got it more sorted um, than anyone. Yeah, she has. <laughs> no, I make it sound like that. It Much doesn't better. always go like that. And if I've got an event on or something life can be a bit crazy. I do tend to eat the same meals in the evening as well because I will cook once and then eat the same for 3 days. But again, I'm not the person, I love cooking, but I didn't like coming in every night and doing it. Mm -mm -mm. And so, yeah, so normally it's kind of stuff out of a Tupperware in the fridge and then I get more time just to hang out on Netflix. Relax. Yeah, or or search ASOS for espadrilles, it's what I'm doing (laughs) at the moment. (laughs) But that's that's kind of it. So I guess then stress comes into this. Last week it was, well, mental, um, mental, what was it, Mental Health Awareness Week? And that whole focus was on stress. So how would you take the stress out of your life alleviate stress is there a method for me i sort of there's i think you've got to think about it in advance of it happening and then i think you've got to think about kind of what's your toolkit when it does happen so um for me definitely i won't feel it straight away in fact actually sometimes i'm like hey winning because i've you know shoved so much into the week and you know done you know probably a month's worth of work in in yeah three days five Mm -hmm. days whatever else but inevitably that will catch up with me. So I think it's about being aware in advance where stress is concerned, that if you aren't uh, looking after your own well-being, then it will sort of bite you on the bum. Yeah. Um, so I think that's kind of first fact. And then the second fact is, okay, if it does, because sometimes it, it rears its head, even if you know there was no, no real reason for it to, mm. to rear its head for me, for sure, then it's like, right, well, what will, will, what will you do? What sort of is your toolkit sort of when that, that rears its head? And I think that's kind of dialing up the well-being um, uh, tools that I have anyway, but a bit more. So, you know, I'll certainly, the big thing for me will be cutting out caffeine. Mm. Yeah, if I'm feeling the stress, brave. <laughs> well, I know, but yeah. you know that for me is a, is is a trigger, and, and this is an interesting thing because I think you've just got to find what your own sort of triggers are. Yeah, and um, we'll be cutting out the caffeine. I've had a coffee this morning. I never usually do, but Starbucks across the road didn't have any hot water for a tea, and I'm all right with the tea. It's had a coffee, but in you know it, I can feel it already making yeah. me a bit. So I think you've just got to know what those triggers are. So you, I'd stop that. Same with the alcohol. That would be really tedious if it was a Friday, but sometimes <laughs> it does happen. Make sure that I get out more. Running for me is the is the the one exercise that would definitely knock the edge off stress. Mm. And I don't know why that works so much better. You would probably know that 
more than I do, but running definitely mm. is something. And then spend, for me, spending time with the children because that forces you to be mindful, you know, mm. forget an app or a, a, an exercise that you can do. If, if I'm with the children, I have to talk to, you know, you my daughter's... Yeah. I have to talk to them. <laughs> my daughter's going, you will do this with me now, and I, and I have to. And yeah. it sort of brings you back, and there's, I suppose, a whole lot of gratitude wrapped up in that as yeah. well. So I think it's just kind of identifying those things in your own life and, yeah, dialing them up a bit. I completely agree with that. I think years ago I used to fight stress with stress. And actually when what I mean by that is when I was really, really stressed, I would then go to a really loud workout where the, like, the lights were yeah. flashing and it was really pumped up. And actually what I hadn't realised was is that actually I was going into a workout and my cortisol was really high and actually I was raising it even more. And when I kind of took a step back and I started to learn more about the body and I um, I studied for my PT and I started to realise that actually you need more yin to go with your yang when it comes to stress, which I think is what you're talking about. Yeah. So actually for me now it's understanding when I'm stressed, what can I do to bring it back down mm. again? And so number one, that's t it's breathing like I do do in the morning sometimes I will sit at my desk and I'm not just saying this because you are Neom is your business <laughs> but I do have a couple of little Neom sprays little, yeah. and I've got a couple of chakra sprays and people think I'm bonkers but I shut my eyes and I spray the air and I just sit and I breathe and you know what I started it about two years ago and I'm okay with the fact that people look at me like a weirdo <laughs> but that really really helps in that moment yeah. and it really helps me move from I used to like constantly react to stress and yeah. now I try and have these kind of mini breaks so I can like figure out my response mm. whereas otherwise your response always comes from an emotional place mm. like when you're highly strung or like when yeah. you're stressed so you're like I need that coffee or I need that drink whereas actually if you have that kind of mini pause you can figure it out a it's bit really, better yeah I like that I think I think it's sort of also over time you learn to realize that you know emotions pass don't yeah. they and you said earlier on, you know, it's okay to have a kind of meh day. It's okay to have a meh moment or yeah. hour or whatever. And that's absolutely fine. And I did so much a practical tip that, you know, we learned early on in the business. And I think now I've plastered over every box of every product that we've got because I really believe in it. It's a 7-Eleven breathing technique mm. and, and really being able to slow down your breathing. Yeah. And actually, that's quite difficult to do, breathing in for 7 and breathing out for 11. Yeah. And I like to do that with a, a blend called Real Luxury that I created, which I won't, I won't uh, go off into, but I'll tell you about later. Yeah, <laughs> um, but this um, I use the same the, the rollerball I have not got any in my bag actually it always freaks me out a bit if I arrive somewhere and I've not got somewhere not got some in my bag because in a moment of <gasps> I would I would put some on and I can breathe it in and in for seven out for eleven and it's quite long and it's quite hard to to, to learn to breathe that yeah. sort of slowly but it really does calm you down and, and it lowers your blood pressure yeah so I also do the same thing yeah. I just didn't want to shamelessly plug my own product no, 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 for you because it is something it's just these kind of free to an extent obviously like if you have a lovely product it's great but actually there are so many free mechanisms out there which are really great for managing stress and then the other thing I did do a few years ago was I had my about 12 months ago I had my cortisol tested oh amazing yeah and so I need to do that well yeah. it's interesting so you do a saliva test over the course of 24 hours and they check yes. your cortisol and actually mine was a problem because not that it was super high well, it was high. 
Um, but it just never dropped. So in the evening when it should be dropping so that I could get to sleep, it was still really high, which meant that I was having broken sleep. So that's when I started putting in these kind of things in my day of like these pause breaks and getting off Outlook in the evening to manage it. Um, and it's made a big difference. I mean, tech coming off tech you know, is such a big oh. deal, isn't it? <laughs> Such a big deal. Um, you know, a girl who does some um, blogging for us, she'd instead at night, like in the middle of the night, um, I can't sleep, and a picture of the dark. And I was like, get off your phone, <laughs> woman. Because, you know, I don't know why we don't understand this fact more. It's so important. Come off your phone a good few hours so before bed. So then that brings bed. into the question of digital detoxing. Yeah. What are your thoughts on digital detoxing? And the people are spending money on going to retreats and things like that to get off technology. Number one, we've got to be aware that we can't be on our phones as much as we are. Mm. I mean, again, up to you if you can feel the difference. And maybe some people can deal with it more than other people. But I definitely feel the difference if I'm on the phone too much, for sure. And on the phone, it's kind of like shoving stuff into your head. Shove, 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 shove. Mm. More, 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 more. Um, and, and, it, and it consumes every break as well. I think it's something about the way that we use our phones in the five minutes where we should be walking from here to the tube you know mm. you would you would naturally that would be a decompression part of your day but we don't you know we try and maximize i'm doing that kind of you know that, that maximize god mm. that's such a crazy you know philosophy um so i think we've just got to realize that you can't keep shoving into your head and and, and you can't be on it sort of late you know the, the blue light on your phone it definitely definitely impacts your sleep yeah, it's, I mean, uh, so I agree with all of that, but it's a tricky one for me because obviously 78% of my audience is yeah. is on a mobile. And so actually I think what it comes down to is consciously consuming when it comes to using your phone. Totally. Like I think phones are brilliant and actually we are, we are sharing so much content which is helping women live healthier lives. But actually it's as a female is checking in with your phone when you're using it and then deciding actually when you don't need to be on it. So like you've just said, like, do we need to be walking along the street on our phones? No. We don't, unless you're kind of looking for directions of where to go. But otherwise, don't be walking along and scrolling Instagram because actually what's that going to bring to you right now? You much think it's much healthier to be off your phone and having a kind of looking around and yeah. seeing stuff like that. I actually did go away and do a five-day digital detox mm. last year. That freaks me out as <laughs> yeah. much. But um, what did that, that involve? So no phones, so, no Wi-Fi? No phones, nothing. Okay. And so I basically just decided that I needed I needed a time out mm. because my work is sometimes 24/7 if you like. I just decided that actually I really needed to press pause. And for me pressing pause doesn't mean stopping. Mm -hmm. It just means giving yourself a bit of a break. And so I went away and I did 5 days and um I didn't take my boyfriend or anyone with me. Just went away for 5 days and so I turned my phone off and I just had a camera. Okay, kind of digital, but no social media. And it was so bonkers. So I can rem still remember going for dinner by myself on the first night. And my hands didn't really know what to do with themselves because I was like, but that's a really nice meal and I really need to take a picture of this. And I hadn't bought the camera. because so I was like, she can't be the crazy tourist at dinner with the camera. <laughs> and so it was kind of like reprogramming myself that actually not everything needs to have a picture taken of it. And like, you know, when I'm sat on the loo, because I got to the point and I've, I talk about this all the time. I was on the loo scrolling Instagram, like 
come yeah. on. Like, there's got to yeah. be a point in our lives where yeah. we don't take our phones. Yeah. And I mean, at that point, I probably would have taken it into the shower if the iPhone, like, 10 had been <laughs> out, and I could have. And so it was just getting back to kind of, like, doing normal things without being on a mobile and just really being present in experiences. And I... Did, there were times when I did feel really lonely. Like I have a really great Instagram community and I talk to like quite a few women every day, but I then realized that actually there's always gonna be there. So after five days, I just rechecked back in again. And it did mean that when I came back to London, I was a lot more conscious of my phone mm. habits. A year on, am I still in that pace? Probably not. Mm. But I do think having that kind of time out every now and again can be really helpful. So travel is a really big part of the whole wellness boom that's happening. It's such a huge industry. I think there was a figure it's worth three trillion pounds. Yes. And the biggest part of this is travel. Yeah. Um, you've got the travel side of it and then you've got products as well. I think Gwyneth Paltrow was promoting a an egg, a crystal egg for your vagina for 46 pounds. This is your question, Amy. <laughs> that was for you, Amy. So yes. what is your take on the products and that whole boom, as well as the wellness stuff? Because how far is too far as well? Some of them are gimmicky. So I've experienced, I would say I've experienced quite a lot of facets of wellness travel, um, from going and staying in London hotels, which have got a new a vegan food program which is linked to an all-natural massage and kind of doing a one-night stay I'm very fortunate to have been given that experience to going to India and doing a 10-day retreat a wellness retreat and having a completely different experience it's really interesting I think when you're on these longer stays and you go as a single um as like a solo traveler and it becomes quite of a self-help group situation. Mm -hmm. And there are different experiences along the way. And I can see why women really do enjoy them. I mean, I really enjoy a retreat. The rest of your life kind of just disappears for 10 days and you just become this other person in a retreat and it's a really different experience and so I have been on a retreat where there have been jade egg ceremonies um, <laughs> um what's a jade egg ceremony so a jade egg ceremony is where women get together and you put them up your vagina there are various different benefits from helping with your pelvic floor all right um <laughs> And then surely you could just do that with a stone. Well, no, it's a certain. Have you washed it. <laughs> it's a certain shape. Tennis and ball? actually, I know, I know, some of my friends have got them here, and they'll go for a walk around Tesco's in them, and they just they stay in until you're ready to take them out. And so there, I mean, yeah, there's different levels of wellness, aren't there? But I think that actually it comes down to on the basic level that as women who are getting healthier, we want to extend our healthy lifestyles when we travel. I know that like. Like food's a really important part of my life. Um, not that I really manage my diet, but I know what I really like to eat. So I quite like to have that as an option when I go away. And I think that feeds into wellness travel. And again, fitness to then these kind of big longer retreats where they are a really different experience. <laughs> Amy, how far is too far? There was a spiritual enlightenment retreat in Sedona that I read about and they pushed mm. it so far on the edge that it was, I think they were starved of water for 72 hours to clean their minds and people died from this so how far is too far okay so first of all i would obviously never agree with anything like yeah. that you can go too far 
with health as you can do with anything and you can become so obsessed with health that it becomes unhealthy. I know that I have witnessed girls exercise themselves to a point where their body fat goes so low that they lose their periods and that's not healthy. And so actually one of the decisions that I made as an editor about 12 months ago was that I wouldn't work with anybody who talks, or any female who talks about their body fat being under 18%. So it does become an obsession. And actually it's it's something which we have to all be really responsible, uh, we'll take into account and make sure that all of our content which we put out on social media is responsible. And it's something that actually at Women's Health is kind of a really big part of our DNA. So we only work with experts, everything is fact checked and we provide the best science. However, sometimes it is a bit like the wild, wild west out there on social and people have mm-hmm. just become content creators and then they put out what they think is helpful. Mm-hmm. But in health, it's not. In fashion, if you tell somebody to wear something which isn't quite right, they just look stupid, right? Yeah. Or they waste their money on a purchase but in health if you're putting out content which is like say exercise moves and you're not a trained PT that could be quite damaging for somebody so yeah I think we just need to be really wary what are the trends that you think are coming up in wellness well-being well-being travel product it's probably another one that's better for you actually Mm. because I'm not um probably at the cutting edge of trends and I suppose it's actually really really interesting speaking putting us together because I think you're over here and I'm right over here where the well-being kind of you know movement is you you're you're very much at the cusp of the trends and the newness whereas I think you know we probably fly the flag at neon for very much that sort of very you know real not that you're not being real that sounds <laughs> that sounds awful isn't it? I don't mean it like that but that very kind of real everyday woman mm. and actually um you know Jada to be can I have that on on film that that is not a thing that yeah. I have done <laughs> of experience at all I see now certainly I prioritise all my spend on travel and it's not necessarily a well-being retreat because you know unfortunately I couldn't get a, a week's pass from from the children they're still quite small and my husband but we do spend all our money on experiences and yeah. travel and I think that's a big you know you call it a trend is it a, a, a movement in the way that we live you know certainly when I was younger my mum and dad I'll speak to now who are mid-60s go you want to upgrade your car or you know yeah. buy, buy something I think probably we've moved a long way from spending money and prioritizing things to now experiences is in the main part you know what we're about and that's a great thing for well-being because um you know you're you're really nourishing yourself it's about time and understanding the value of that yeah And, and i suppose it also goes hand in hand with we are leading these kind of frenetic lives whatever you do whoever you are and it's the antidote to that isn't it so big trend i think from everyone uh, and yeah, and I would say it's it definitely getting outside yeah. is a really big travel trend. So even this year, I have had umpteen press releases on hiking and walking yeah. and hiking and yoga <laughs> or like walking and surf holidays. And I think it is, again, that kind of like removing yourself from these kind of like city lifestyles and just getting back to nature and getting outside. Like I know that when I just go for a day outside of the city, I come back, I've got family in Warwickshire and so often I will just go for a weekend at my aunt's house and 
I arrive and she's just got a country farmhouse and we don't really go anywhere and I'll just muck them out in the garden with the kids or take the dog for a walk. And for me, that is kind of like a bit of a mini break and I will just come back feeling so much more revived and revitalised and ready to mm-hmm. kind of like hit the city again. Totally, yeah. I mean, I, I'm, I'm lucky that I live in Yorkshire so, you know, that we have, you know, footpaths and cycle yeah. paths and, you know, walks are plenty. I started Neom now 12 years ago and honestly, well-being was not a word. Well, it well, probably was a word, but it wasn't. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't something, you know, that anyone spoke about. It wasn't trainer in, or, or in any kind of way. In fact, anything natural or green was just absolutely seen as you know a little bit crusty so it just imagine that if you can rewind yourself back to that time and actually I was really inspired by my sister who used to work at Friends of the Earth she was a real staunch greenie and really kind of I suppose she sort of started me on on the path of being interested in natural products and the benefits of natural products um, and what was in, you know, 99% of the products that were out there, which again, that was a huge difference to where we are right now. And I was working as a journalist. I do absolutely love that time, but it was nuts. And mm. I was working really hard. And I was 25, 26, 27. And, and at those days, we did an awful lot of work with America. So you would have to work mm. until very late because, you know, there would be the New York kind of day job that started yeah. and then there would be the LA day job and um, I started with awful anxiety which I'd never suffered with anything like yeah. before I'm you know, a pretty confident tough you know um, self-assured person and, and so it just sort of hit me a bit like a bolt from the blue and I remember then sort of thinking gosh you know I am working hard of course but I, I love this job I have no children I you know um go home and veg out in front of the sofa for a couple of hours yet still I'm experiencing this and um and that was kind of that was almost the, the more frightening part of mm. it you know if I was working 18 hours a day and had three children at home and we were you know could barely make ends meet and 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 and, and I could understand it but life was pretty good and I yeah. experienced you know the anxiety so I became very interested in what I could do to help myself naturally and um and during that you know trained as a nutritionist trained as an aromatherapist you know it took a, a while before I decided that I would actually train in those things it became much more interested in exercise which I'd n- n- not bothered with at all really through my teens and early 20s and created I suppose a sort of a well-being toolkit for myself and the aromatherapy really resonated with me because I used to come home and create little kind of blends in my bathroom. It's like a kind of little, you know, this kind of chest of, of all these oils that I would create um, these blends for all the friends of mine that had various different problems. Many of us were stressed. Many many couldn't sleep. You know, many had low energy and, and many had kind of, you know, mood issues, sort of some, some kind of hormonal imbalance. And actually, I, I kind of realised everything sort of seemed to come back to one of those those four things. So when we talk about well-being toolkit, and I believe that's very bespoke to each person, but actually those for me are still the four pillars of, of great well-being. And if you've got those four things in check, you're you're sort of doing fine. So the first blend I created was for my husband, who was a sports teacher, still is, and would come back from um, from playing sports and just go, oh, I can't go out tonight, I'm absolutely knackered. I was your age then, you know, and I was like, no, I'm sorry, we're going out. <laughs> it's Friday night, and I created a blend for him, which is now one of our best sellers called oh, wow. Feel Refreshed. And I remember that working really well. He was like, oh, my God, this stuff's amazing. And I would put it in the bath for him, actually. It started as a bath oil. And then at one point I remember creating sort of, you know, 31 little bottles of this that he took down to the football um, the football team and, and, and they will, you know, love this project. So, sorry, the story is very, very long, but, you know, I became very interested in essential oils and 
started blending in that way and pretty much sort of realised that actually there was a space for what aromatherapy oils could do for you if they were blended in a very specific way because it's quite hard to blend them yourself and get, you know, the, the net result of what you want um, and also for them to smell nice. You know, that's the reality at Neom is I, I'm really fastidious about things smelling yeah. nice because I think if you can't inspire people to lead a naturally healthy lives, then you're five steps back before you've even started. <laughs> So um, so that was kind of the start of it. And um, we're committed to that now. You know, we've got 130 products, but and in all different disciplines. But essentially, everything is there to help with the sleep, to help you de-stress, to um, you know, lift your energy or boost your mood. And, and, mm. and, and it's all about sort of everything comes back to those four pillars. Thank you. And Sorry. it works. And it works. Yeah. <laughs> and it works. We, te- we constantly test it. That's yeah. the other thing. You know, we, we spend an awful lot of time and money on testing it on yeah. women. And we, can, we we keep up to date with that. We've got, you know, some amazing claims that, that you know, we talk about. But it's important that it's mm. not just me, although it always starts with me, and the children. You know, face yeah. care is so funny because I've got a little, um, I've got two kids, but my little boy has got ginger hair, which is amazing for testing skincare products on because he's very sensitive. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds dreadful, doesn't That's it? Don't tell we don't test on animals, but we <laughs> test on small ginger fair hair children. children. <laughs> which I find is far more effective than, you know, a yes. rabbit. So I do test everything, of course, on my own friends and family first. And yeah. then when it's kind of got that tick of approval, then it goes out to neon girls and then it goes wider yeah. and wider and wider. So, yeah. Amy, I read something that you yeah. wrote. I believe healthy isn't something you do, but something you are when you've got the right information at your fingertips. Mm. What's that information? because it can be really overwhelming can't it totally um but i think it comes back down to simplifying what you need in health which i think is where your toolkit is great Mm -hmm. um so for me it's understanding understanding your diet and when i say diet i don't mean being on a diet i'm talking about the food that you regularly eat Mm -hmm. and that's kind of the true sense or the true definition of the word diet so it's understanding how your food goes together across the week. I talk about actually that it's not one meal that's going to change your body because it's not what you do randomly, it's what you do regularly. So like being able to create a healthy food shop um, and having some treats along the way, um, understanding movement. And when I say movement, um, people are quite rightly or wrongly but um, obsessed with exercise in a gym, whereas mm-hmm. actually you can burn calories anywhere. So like one of my big things is actually, do you know what? Yesterday I I took a lunch break and I was going to go to the gym, but actually I I was a bit stressed and I was like, I just need a break. So what I did was I just went for a walk around the shop and I went and Mm. bought my my new nephew a couple of new outfits because I can't wait to see him on Saturday. Um, But you know, I could have chosen to have gone to a gym and walked on a treadmill for an hour, but actually I went and like and walked around the shops. And, and it's I think the same that does movement. The, and that does two things, doesn't it? It kills yep. those two birds. So yes, you're doing the exercise, but also it's so much better for your mind, yep. I think. So it's understanding that actually we just need to be moving more. Mm-hmm. Um, it's understanding, um, for me, is another thing is... Uh, making conscious decisions, which comes down to being able to say yes or no to things. So actually, I think in life we say yes because you feel there's this pressure to please people or to be seen doing stuff. Mm-hmm. But actually, the more that you say yes to, the less that you've got, t- the less time you have in your life to say yes to the things that you really want to. So I think that's a big part in, of health is like making conscious decisions. Um, Creating that space, isn't yeah. it, constantly for yourself yeah, and your and own mind. And then sleep. So for me, sleep was a game changer. 
Um, so I definitely didn't always live this lifestyle which I live now. Um, I used to be streaming Netflix in bed every night. I was a bit hungover all the time. Um, I started off in fashion and beauty journalism and I did used to party a lot. And then actually, as I got older, I started to cotton on to the things which actually made a big difference to my feelings and my body. And one of them was sleep. So going to bed at the same time and trying to get up at the same time, if that's possible in your lifestyle. Obviously, if you've got children, that is tricky and you've got a baby that wakes you up in the night. But kind of having that routine... So routine, routine. Your diet, um, yeah. All of this kind of stuff is very difficult if you're an active traveller. Yes. So how do you bring that in though? Even those fitness bits, if it's not the gym, yes, you may walk around if you're working or sightseeing or things like that. How do you keep that? So I would say the biggest thing that I've realised is understanding what makes me feel good. So for instance. I'm not particularly great with plain food and not because of like that it gets really slated a lot of the time, but actually it's because normally when you're on a plane, you're eating different foods to what you generally eat on your day to day. And when you're sat in a seat, if you're on a long haul for 10 hours, that can make you feel really sluggish and just like, Ugh, or you don't enjoy it. Whereas actually a flight for me is as much part of my holiday because it's 10 hours of watching movies or reading magazines and kind of just having a bit of me time. So I take my own food on airplanes as much as possible that sometimes will mean that I might prep something at home if I've got the time. Otherwise, I'll just hit up prep and I will just get a sandwich, which I really like, and an apple or something. Or the other thing I do is fly with the MoMA porridge pots because I was recently on a flight and I got woken up at 6am with a fried fish sandwich. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, you know... That, good morning. Good morning. And that is enough to make you go, oh, I really don't want to eat that. And then you're and then you're hungry and you'll end up eating crappy air, like airport food. So I fly with one of those pots and obviously it hasn't got any liquid in it. So they just, it's fine to go through security and then they just top it up for you. So I would say understanding what makes you feel good and thinking about it in that respect when you're on flights. And then when you're away is again doing what makes you feel good. So if you are somebody who loves to go to the gym a couple of times a week and that's really important to you, use the hotel gym. But if not, use it as a week off exercise and just to be like, I'm just gonna move about and do more things. And then I would also say the last thing is traveling with a sleep mask. A lot of the time you're obviously traveling time zones and then you can wake up in the night or you find it really hard to get to sleep. But I've really found that actually by like blacking out all light from my eyes, I find it much easier. So mm -hmm. I think that really helps when you're on different kind of time. Things. Just totally different uh, advice. It's just sort of the way I look at things a bit. But is it's okay for certain things not to go to plan or to have a meh day. Mm. And so what I try and do if I'm going away with, with the kids on holiday is is to think, right, well, this is like any other day, not going to be 10 days of being totally idyllic. We will have a fight on the plane. <laughs> <laughs> and that will be fine. If yeah. we can try and limit that to two or three rather than four or five, we're winning. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, and, and try and almost lower the bar because I think you, you, you expect so much from your holidays, don't you? That I see this if we go away with other couples as well. Everyone's sort of expecting this is going to be the, this is the, best 10 days of my year and almost we're all like that before yeah. we even get there like everyone chill out if you don't get to the restaurant of your choice it's fine if the kids have a tantrum it's fine if one day we all have to go back to the room because someone's been naughty and have a sleep at three in the afternoon it's fine lower your standards yeah. because then of course anything that happens that's great is just above it yeah because but that's just a family holiday yeah, thing yeah. i think no i think and also because what you see on instagram is not real life 
For sure. Right? Yeah. So people post the nicest polished pictures of their yeah. of their trip. I mean, I do it. Like, I recently put a picture up of me doing a headstand on a beach somewhere ridiculous. But actually, what that picture doesn't show is everything else which has happened yeah. in that day. It doesn't show the breakfast buffet. It doesn't show, you know, the three hours of free drinks the night before at happy hour. So I think it's actually, it, yeah, it goes back to having your own experiences and taking away the expectation from other people. So for instance, I will pack my gym kit. And like I said, if it's really important to you to keep your routine, go to the gym. But I was on a hen do at the weekend. I was with 19 other women, so it was 20 of us. And before going, it was like, will you do a hit class? Will you do a hit class on the Saturday? And I was like, yeah. hen do's have changed. Yeah. 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 <laughs> hen do's have changed. I was like, 100%. Did I do that hit class on Saturday after Friday night? 100% no. I woke up in the morning and I was like, give me that egg sandwich. I need to sit in the corner quietly. And then I just sat outside. So yeah, it's being able to kind of like change isn't it and just go with the flow and totally and I honestly think this is a this is going to become a real problem more so for you know the younger generations than than I've experienced is expectations being set too high mm. I'm an awful Instagrammer I barely post and everyone at work's always crossing me for doing that but the odd thing that I put on there people will say oh you look like you had a lovely weekend I'm like did I I had a crap weekend yeah. the children were <laughs> horrendous you know uh, we went to a rubbish restaurant for on Saturday night and you know uh, bloody blah, blah blah happened but of course you're not going to put those rubbish pictures on are you you know even if you're just putting one on every few days we're not resilient enough to mm. normal life you know we've got the bar set so high we should look like this we should have a life like this we you know we should wear these clothes and like, and I think we just need to everyone just needs to calm down a bit yeah I agree Sorry. completely <laughs> <laughs> we've got um, Global Wellness Day coming up yes. yes so tell me about any events that you have coming up are you writing talking about any are you involved in any we're doing a cool, we're doing well i think it's a cool thing um we're doing this really fun thing where um there's an amazing girl who works for me called charlotte we have a fun committee at neon which i think is like quite a fun, a, committee. a fun committee yeah and we put a little bit of our budget to one side and they organize fun things for us and so it's just a little bit better than a I than like a that. you know than a just a normal work night out well charlotte is going to do a month of well-being fun stuff for the office and then we're going to stream it on social etc etc um and just sort of i suppose inspire people in the workplace yeah. because why should you not have a fun you know ambassador in the workplace uh, but with the well-being sort of slant so is it that you know we're all going to go outside one day and turn off like literally everything electrical stops between one and two and we all have picnics outside you know everyone has to bring something for a picnic it might be you know we're just going to have we're all going to chip in and get a personal trainer to come and do just some very kind of lightweight yoga one day so we're doing we're doing that because i think Everyone always asks me, same as you did at the beginning of the podcast, is what does well-being mean? And it's so different and it's so diverse. Yeah. I think it's quite nice to show people in just a really nice, fun, inspiring way. Here's just 30. Is there 30 days in, in the month? Yeah, 30 mm. days in, in the month of well-being. Here's 30 little fun ways that you can just incorporate it into, um, into your, well, in that instance, work life. So mm. that's our thing. That's great. I like that idea. So I'm going to answer this question in two parts. Okay. So there are lots of great things going on in London, especially. One which caught my attention is there is a whole day going on at the Rosewood Hotel in association with Lululemon. And they're doing a whole day of kind of classes and talks. That's quite a good one for people to look up. I am not going to be in London for World Wellbeing Day. I'm actually going home to see family. Throughout all of my career, my family are kind of 
they're the people that I retreat to and they're they're the people that ground me. So my nan is 75 and still a yoga teacher. So she's amazing. amazing. That's incredible. Um, Yeah, she's great. I mean, last year I went away to do a triathlon and she came with me. And then she spent the first couple of days training with me. And then she was like my cheerleader on my triathlon. And I've still got my great nana who's 100. To me, those times going to see them and with my aunt and my um, my goddaughters and godsons, it's really, really important. So well-being is seeing friends and family and connecting. And so on that day, um, we're having a bit of a family party. And so there will probably be some random yoga involved or a little bit of random Tai Chi. My nan likes to do that when she's had a champagne. And we'll just be all having... <laughs> tai Chi and champagne is the future oh, of well-being. I no? mean, yes. That, that just sounds like a brilliant well-being day because well-being, so, yeah. I don't think, is just about the yoga. You've got the mind, the heart, the yeah. family, all of that. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so that's what I'll be doing. So you guys have exciting products, travels, retreats. Where can everyone follow you on social as opposed to just follow you? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, come, come and join me at the Women's Health office if you like. I can be found on the Women's Health channels, which is at Women's Health UK. I also run my own Instagram account, which is at wellness underscore ed. And I also run a monthly talk series in Lululemon on Regent Street called The Wellness Mindset. So if people are into healthy chat, do come and join me. Tickets are always free and I post it on my Instagram. Brilliant. We have the Neom Organics handle, so at Neom Organics, or I have my Instagram handle, which is at Nicola Elliott. Brilliant. Moss, at Nicola Elliott Moss, sorry. <laughs> Should know that, don't know that. That's how bad I am at Instagram. Thank you for listening. Make sure you join us next month for the next episode. Thank you.